Hey everybody, this is Hunter Howard. I'm the lead pastor of Encounter Church. Here at Encounter Church, our vision is helping people encounter God. And that's what I pray and hope for you today, that you will encounter God through this message. Enjoy. Amen, amen. Thank you, Pastor Julian, for that. Well, happy Palm Sunday. Feliz Domingo de Ramos. And howdy to everyone out there in live stream and podcast land. We really, really want to invite you, if you only watch online, come next Sunday for Easter. What do we think about that, church? Do we think they should come next Sunday? All right, y'all heard that. I want to see you in the house next Sunday uh, for Easter. Well, today we continue to press into Christology, right? This is our theme for 2023. Somebody tell me what Revelation 1.8 says. Come on, all together. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. That's all right. You can repeat it. That's good. <laughs> Como dice Apocalipsis 1.8. La Omega. Apocalipsis 1. Muy bien. And this year, because Jesus Christ is the beginning and the end, as we read through the Bible in 2023, we are... Finding Jesus from cover to cover. Al leer la Biblia este año, estamos descubriendo a Jesucristo de principio a fin. Why? Because he's the reason, that's right. Jesus Christ is God's logos. He is the ology, right? Which means he is the reason why. Jesus is the reason for everything from beginning to end. And we're going to continue to press forward this year in Christology. So when there's a really bad storm, like yesterday morning for some of us, right? Heard there was a confirmed tornado in Woodstock. I hope it didn't hit your house. All right. So when there is a, <laughs> you okay? Everything good? Okay, dying. All right. So when there's a really bad storm, a warning, the siren, you know, and all that, where do you go? Where do you take cover? Where is your safe place during a really bad storm? Some of us may have a, ba you know, in, in our house we have a basement, and the backside of the, the basement really truly is quite underground. So, you know, if we go to our basement bathroom, we are really, really uh, undercover, okay? And um, I don't know about you, some uh, people even have a shelter, like a storm shelter or a special place in the house. I know some people, the best place to go, believe it or not, is into the crawl space. Ew, right? But if there's a really bad storm, there ought to be somewhere for you to go until the storm passes over, right? I wonder what we're going to talk about today. Come on, we're getting ready to celebrate Passover this week, right? And I want you to turn to somebody and say, he's got you covered. Now come, turn to somebody else, turn to the other side and say, he's got you covered. So far, before we read the Passover story, so far, we have been discovering Christ through creation, the fall, Abel, Noah's ark, the Tower of Babel, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Jacob's ladder, right? And then a few weeks ago, we looked at Christ through Joseph, and now we come to Exodus. Can you believe all of that was Genesis? Now we come to Exodus where the story begins to get very interesting, right? Uh, 
Because after Joseph and all of his family, the family of Jacob, moved to Egypt to survive the famine, right? We know that they stayed in Egypt. The people of Israel stayed in Egypt. Can anybody remember exactly how long? Just over 430 years, okay? Altogether, it was around 430 years that they uh, were in Egypt. And we know that what started out as a big blessing, a few generations into it became slavery, right? We know that what started out as Pharaoh and the Egyptians really welcoming and embracing Israel because there were only about 70 of them, uh, well, they took very seriously the command to be fruitful and multiply. The Israelites had lots of children, right? And, 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 and in fact, there came a point after about 400 years, that there was about 2 million Israelites in Egypt, okay? And so what happened was that the Egyptians became fearful of them because there were so many of them, and they enslaved them, right? They made them their forced labor force, okay? And then the, 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 the Pharaoh that we're about to read about Realize there's so many of them, and they're strong. He was afraid that they were going to rebel, right? He got afraid that they were going to rebel, and so what did Pharaoh decide to do? Again, we're 400 and some odd years into Israel being in Egypt. What did he say to do? He ordered, because he was afraid of their rebellion, he ordered... All the baby boys to be eliminated. We got any VeggieTales friends out there? Any VeggieTales fans? Okay. What did, what did Pharaoh say? Send those boys up the river, right? <laughs> he wanted to eliminate the strength of Israel. So he said, let's get rid of all the new baby boys. But what did the Egyptian midwives do? They ignored him because they feared God more than Pharaoh. Thank God for those midwives, right? But... They did destroy many, many uh, baby uh, boys from the Israelites. But amongst all those boys that were born, there was one very special baby. The Bible says he was special. Anybody remember his name? Moses. And what happened to Moses? He was preserved. So Pharaoh's ordering all of the babies, baby boys to be eliminated, but... You know, we know that, that uh, Moses' mother, Jochebed, and sister, Miriam, they put Moses in a basket. That's why we call a Moses basket, right, when babies are born. And they send him up the river, right, but in a good sense. And we know that he is found, saved, eventually adopted and raised by... Pharaoh's daughter. Right now, I'm just going to pause right there. This is not where we're going to focus today, but this is already reminding me of another very, very important story in history. Because in the day, in the, the time when Jesus, the Messiah, was born, who was afraid that a new king might come and take over and cause a rebellion? Herod, right? And what did he order them to do? 
send all those baby boys up the river, right? He wanted to eliminate all of the Jewish baby boys. And we already begin to see a foreshadowing of Christ right here in Moses' story before his story really, really begins, right? And so Moses is rescued. And one day when he grows up, he goes out to visit his people because he knows he's an Israelite, right? And uh, he goes out and he sees something terrible happening. They're mistreating the Israelites. And what does Moses do? He wants to defend his people, so he kills an Egyptian. He gets himself into big trouble. And then but when Pharaoh finds out about what Moses did, he wants to kill Moses. So Moses flees to Midian. Say Midian. Anybody know how long he was in Midian? Forty years. Just think about that. Two different times in his life, Moses was like in the wilderness for 40 years. 40 years. This was the first 40 years, okay? But in Midian, he has a very, very, very crucial, powerful, history-changing encounter with Almighty God, right? And how does God come to Moses? Through? It says a bush that was engulfed in flames, but it wouldn't burn up. And he said, i got to go over there and see what this is. And we know through this encounter, God, the Lord, actually reveals for the first time very clearly his name, right? How does, what does God say his name is to Moses? Go and tell people that I am, right? Yahweh, okay? So God reveals his, himself as Yahweh, I am. And in this encounter, are you following along? Are we good? Through this encounter... Uh, you know, God says, I am, and by the way, I am sending you to go deliver my people. Bring them out of slavery in Egypt. Go set my people free. And Moses says, no. Right? But long story short, God says, go. Right? Moses says, no, and God says, go. So, again, read it, read that. There's a lot more to that, but. Moses eventually does accept the call to go. He and Aaron, they go to Pharaoh. And, and, and God gives Moses a promise. He's not just to, supposed to go and tell Pharaoh to let his people go. But what does God promise him? I will be with you. Okay? And he promises that he will work wonders and signs and miracles through him to show, to prove to Israel, to Egypt... And to all the nations that Yahweh, I am, is the true and living God. Right? And so we know that Moses goes. And he and Aaron go and they say to Pharaoh, let my people go. And Pharaoh says, no. So... Uh -huh. God executes judgment on Egypt's gods. Read, 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 read that, okay? It's not judgment just on the people of Egypt. It's judgment on Egypt's gods. And I don't have time to go really into this. But if you look at all of the plagues that God sent on Egypt, each and every one of them represented a god that the Egyptians worshipped. They worshipped the sun. What did God do? Blocked the sun out. Did you know that they actually had a God that was a frog? Right? What did God send into the land to drive them nuts? 
frogs, and a bunch of other things. Look, read, uh, study more into that. But every single plague was judgment on a god, a false god, an idol that the Egyptians worshipped, okay? And so all of this happens, and Pharaoh still says, no, can't go. So God says, okay, one more. One more, the last and final plague, and he'll let, you, he'll let you go. In fact, he'll make you go, which is where we're about to read the Passover. But God brings the plague, the judgment of the death of the firstborn, right? They tried to take the sons of Israel, and God takes their sons, their firstborn sons. And we call this... Um, the Passover, right, and Pharaoh finally says, get out, right? Now, that was a lot. <laughs> Summary of the story of the Exodus thus far. And I want us to do something that we don't do very often, but I want us to stand to read the word of the Lord today. Can we all stand up? If anything, it'll help you stay uh, alert. <laughs> Punch somebody and say, it's time to read the Bible. <laughs> Come on. This isn't a bathroom break. This is time. You know, we don't always do it, but sometimes I just like to stand up to honor the Word of God, okay? Now, this is a lot. We're about to read a lot, okay? So we're not going to read it in unison because that would be a disaster. <laughs> but when I do pause, I want you to read the next phrase out loud, Okay? You can follow along on the screen, if you will, or in your own Bible. This is from the New Living Translation. We're going to read out of Exodus chapter 12. Exodus what? While the Israelites were still in the land of Egypt, the Lord gave the following instructions to Moses and Aaron. From now on, this month will be the first month of the year for you. Announce to the whole community of Israel that on the tenth day of this month, month each family must choose a, a lamb or a young goat for a sacrifice one animal for each household if a family is too small to eat the whole animal let them share with another family in the neighborhood divide the animal according to the size of each family and how much they can eat the animal you select must be a one-year-old male either a sheep or a goat with no defects take special care of this chosen animal until the evening of the 14th day of the first month then the whole assembly of the community of Israel must slaughter their lambs or young goat at twilight. They are to take some of the blood and smear it on the sides and the top of the door frames of the houses where they eat the animal. That same night, they must roast the meat over a fire and eat it along with bitter salad greens and bread made without yeast. Do not eat any of the meat raw or boiled in water. The whole animal, including the head, legs, internal organs, must be roasted over a fire. Do not leave any of it until the next morning. Burn whatever is not eaten before morning. These are your instructions for eating this meal. Be fully dressed. Wear your sandals. Carry your walking stick in your hand. Eat the meal with urgency for this is the Lord's. This is the Lord's. Pass over. Okay. On that night, I will pass through the land of Egypt, Egypt and strike down every firstborn son and firstborn male animal in the land of Egypt. I will execute judgment on all the gods of Egypt for I am the Lord. For I am, for Yahweh, right? I am 
the Lord. But the blood on your doorpost will serve as a sign marking the houses where you are staying. All right, let's read this whole next sentence together. Ready? When I see the blood, I will pass over you. Let's read that again. When I see the blood, I will pass over you. When I see the what? I will what? Pass over you. The plague of death will not touch you when I strike the land of Egypt. Then Moses called the elders of Israel together and said to them, Go, pick out a young uh, a lamb or a young goat for each of your families and slaughter the Passover animal. Drain the blood into a basin. Then take a bundle of hyssop branches and dip it into the blood. Brush the hyssop across the top and sides of the door frames of your houses. And no one may go out through the door until morning. For the Lord will pass through the land and strike down the Egyptians. But when he sees the when he sees the blood on the top and sides of your doorframe the Lord will pass over your home he will not permit his death angel to enter your house and strike you down uh, we're now going to verses uh, I think 20 uh, I can't tell anyway it's on the screen <laughs> when Moses had finished speaking all the people bowed down to the ground and worshiped so the people of Israel did just as the Lord commanded through Moses and Aaron and that night at midnight, the Lord struck down all the firstborn sons in the land of Egypt, from the firstborn son of Pharaoh who sat on his throne to the firstborn son of the prisoner in the dungeon. Even the firstborn of their livestock were killed. Pharaoh and all his officials and all the people of Egypt woke up during the night, and loud wailing was heard throughout the land. There was not a single house where someone had not died. Pharaoh sent for Moses and Aaron during the night. Get out, he said. Get out, he ordered. Leave my people and take the rest of the Israelites with you. Go and go and worship the Lord as you have requested. Give somebody a high five and you may be seated. Now, since we read so much scripture today, that's way more than we're used to reading. And, you know, and, and during this this. Holy Week, we will tend to read longer portions of Scripture, okay? And since we read such a long portion of Scripture today, is it okay if I just go straight to the point? Number one, ready? Because remember, we're in Christology. We're finding Jesus from cover to cover. Number one, Christ is that lamb. Christ is the lamb, the Passover lamb. Jesus Christ is the lamb of God who was slain to take away the sins of the world. John 1.29. The next day, John, as in John the Baptist, saw Jesus coming toward him and he said, Look, the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. We know that, that animal sacrifice in the Old Testament was simply a foreshadowing of what Christ would come to do. We know the Bible says that the blood of animals cannot take away our sins. It only was a justification for a moment so that people could be ceremonially clean to worship the Lord, right? The, the blood of these sacrifices, God, God um, honored that as their death as covering the sins but not taking them away. So that they could come into his presence and so, so that they could worship. But we know that Jesus Christ doesn't just cover our sins. He takes them away. Come on, somebody say, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. God poured out all his judgment and wrath towards sin upon the Lamb of God. 
and this is so important, all who trust in Jesus Christ, the lamb, we are passed over rather than falling dead under the judgment that our sin merits. For all have sinned and fallen short of God's glory, right? And the payment, the price, the wages, the result, the penalty of sin is death. The reason death even exists is because of sin. And God poured out all of his judgment for sin on Jesus Christ, the Lamb. Do you trust in the Lamb of God? You are passed over. But I just want to give a brief warning. If you do not trust in the Lamb of God and Jesus Christ to take away your sin, you will not be passed over. You will have to face the judgment that all of our sin deserves. The Lamb of God, the Bible says in Revelation, was slain before the world even began. It was always God's plan to come and save us through the cross of Jesus Christ. But then it wasn't just his plan. He actually took on flesh and entered the world to take sin upon himself. And so all of God's wrath and judgment was poured out to set us free, poured out on him. He's our Passover lamb. See, the Passover was just... A signpost of what Jesus was going to come to do. Number two, there's power in the blood. Christ is the lamb. Because that lamb, our Passover lamb, the one we trust in, shed his blood, there's power in that blood. Why? Why is there power in the blood? Why, for the forgiveness of sin, must there have been blood shed? It's not because of the blood. It's because of what blood represents. What does blood represent? Why was it so important, the shedding of blood? Why didn't God allow his people to eat blood? Because blood is life. Right? Blood is life, and so the shedding of blood is death, right? The penalty for sin is death. So blood represented and represents death. That's why there's power in the blood because of what it represents. And when Jesus came and went to the cross, he confronted death. He took death head on, right? He confronted death and took death upon himself. Do you understand that Jesus is God? He's the son of God. He chose to take death upon himself. And the way he took death upon himself was by taking our sin upon himself. He who knew no sin became sin. 
And when he went to the cross, when Jesus died, when Jesus was being judged by death on the cross, sin itself was being judged. And actually, death itself was being judged. There's power in the blood because it represents death. Now listen, Jesus confronted death and took death upon himself because death was the curse. The curse that came upon all creation. And I don't know if you knew this, but Jesus didn't just die to redeem you and to redeem me. Jesus took the whole curse of death, death upon himself, to redeem the whole creation that had been spoiled by sin. The death of Jesus was to redeem everyone and everything in all creation. Hebrews 9, 12 through 14 says it like this. With his own blood, not the blood of goats or calves, he entered the most holy place once for all time and secured our redemption forever. Under the old system, the blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of a heifer could cleanse people's bodies from ceremonial impurity. But just think how much more the blood of Christ will purify our what? Our consciences from sinful deeds so that we can. Sound familiar? So that we can worship the living God. For by the power of the eternal spirit, Christ offered himself to God as a perfect sacrifice for our sins. I see right here the power of the blood of Jesus to do three things. The power of the blood of the lamb, our Passover lamb, right? His blood, it says, redeems us back to God. He secured our redemption. What does it mean to be redeemed? Well, this is, a, this is imagery of slavery, just like we have in the story in Egypt. And when someone was going to set a slave free from slavery, they would go and pay for that slave to be set free, and that was called, come on loud youth, that was called redemption, right? To redeem means to buy back. And by the blood of Jesus, God, the Father, bought us back, set us free from the slavery of sin. The blood of Jesus redeems us back to God, but also the blood of Jesus purifies our conscience. He purifies our conscience. And the blood of Jesus makes us acceptable and able to worship the living God. Glory to God for the blood of the Lamb. Glory to God for the blood of the Lamb. You know what? I think we need to say that because there's power in it. Glory to God for the blood of the Lamb. Can we say it a little louder? Glory to God for the blood of the Lamb. What's his name? Come on, can we lift our hand and say, glory to God for the blood of the Lamb. What's his name? Jesus, Jesus is his name. And by his blood, we are redeemed, 
our conscience is clean, and we are now made able and acceptable to worship God. Glory to God for the blood of the Lamb. Has he taken away your sins? Has the blood of the Lamb washed away your sins? Now this is the deal. I'm just going to give you a preview of next Sunday. Is that okay? Number three. The most amazing thing about the death of Jesus is that now death is overturned. Because we know that Jesus did, in fact, die. But three days later, he rose. The resurrection, right? He not only took death upon himself, but he defeated death. Death is now canceled. Death is overturned. Christ uh, overcame death through the resurrection to permanently cancel the power of death. Oh, maybe we need to come back to Easter. Death is canceled. That's why Jesus said, anyone who believes in me, though he die, yet he shall live. Because the death of Jesus canceled, the death of Jesus dealt with death, but the resurrection of Jesus defeated death. Death is overturned. Death is canceled. And Easter is next Sunday. So today we know that Jesus rose from the grave. And that's why now we have life. We have eternal life. And we ought to come back next Sunday to extra celebrate, right? On Easter. You better be here for Easter. We're going to celebrate the resurrection. But today... We're going to do something that we see through the Passover. We're going to celebrate something today that is both a memory, remembering the past, as well as celebrating the future. We'll come to that in just a minute. But just a moment, I want to ask if just for the next couple of minutes we could refrain from going in and out. I want to respect the presence of the Lord and respect each other. Has the Lamb of God taken your sins away? been washed? Is your conscience clean? Have you put your faith in Jesus? Have you passed from death to life through Jesus Christ? If you haven't, if you haven't received the forgiveness of your sins, right now you can.
just take a moment and I'll close our eyes, bow our heads. Because I don't know everyone in here. I don't know how you came to church this morning. I don't know why you came to church today. Have your sins been washed away? In just a few moments, we're going to take communion together. But communion needs to first be real to you. Have you placed your trust in Jesus Christ and his sacrifice? Have you been washed in the blood of the Lamb? Do you know that you will be passed over rather than having to face judgment for your sins? And I'm not going to take a long time with this, but this is so serious and important. I don't want to nonchalantly go in to the Lord's Supper today and take communion together without you knowing personally the power of this. So right now with every eye closed, if that's you, if you need today to have your sins washed away, if you need and want to put your faith in Jesus Christ, receive him as your Lord, if you want to surrender your life. Turn away from your sin today and surrender your life to Jesus. If that's you, would you just lift one hand very quickly and say, that's me. I want to give my life to Jesus today. I want to surrender to Jesus as Lord. sure if I saw any hands go up for that. But if you need to make that decision today, right there in your seat, just surrender to him right now. Give him your heart. Turn away from sin. Make a decision today to follow Jesus as your Lord. Everybody just look up here real quick. If you made the decision today, or if you're not sure, you're thinking about it, you want to know more. What does it mean to receive Jesus as Lord, to repent of my sins, to be saved? What does it mean? If you made the decision or you want to know more, just text the word Jesus right now. Pick out your phone, that number. Text that word. Text Jesus. We'll send you a video. That'll help you better understand. With that, I want to ask everyone, if you would, uh, and who may participate in this, anyone and everyone 
who's placed your faith in Jesus Christ as Lord. There should be a communion cup under each and every one's. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I really believe God spoke to you through his word today and is moving in your life. If you'd like more information about Encounter Church or you'd like to give your tithes and offerings, you can visit our website at EncounterChurchAtlanta.org. I'd also like to invite you to share this message on social media. Thanks again.